Hi there, and welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Our vision is to find sanctuary in Christ, and then to be sanctuary to each other, and express sanctuary to this city. And so, for us, success is loving well, one person at a time. And if we can help you in any way, please do feel free to reach out, jump onto our website, sanctuarysf.com, and we would love to connect. Anyway, back to the podcast. And he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. These 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out the demons. Thank you. Amazing. Give her a hand, everyone. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to get to work on that. So a few questions. If you go to the next slide. What does this passage tell us about God? What does this passage tell us about people? And I'm adding a curveball in the mix. Um, just in general, what has been your experience with healing? And so we won't break into, just, just find a group of maybe three people or four people, just huddle among yourselves. We're going to go through this quick, so um, just, you know, whatever comes to mind, answer all three questions, however it comes to mind, and then I'll bring us back in about three, four minutes, and uh, we'll discuss this together. So break, and let's get to work. Um, and before I get going, just assume everything I'm about to say has been stolen from one of two sources. Uh, one, Andrew Wilson, uh, a brilliant thinker um, on lots of subjects, but this as well. And then another one is John Wimber. He's got this book, Power Healing. Um, if you, uh, this is going to be a little teaser this morning. If you want to dive deeper into this stuff, I just encourage you to either Google Andrew Wilson healing and so a lot of his teachings and articles will come up, or that's a little bit more academic, but still accessible. But this, John Wimber, has just tons of stories, and John uh, chronicles his story of being kind of a skeptic and not believing this was possible, but reading in the Bible, and he's like, I gotta be obedient to this stuff, and then seeing all of these things. So it's, it's filled, with, filled with stories and all sorts of things. Um, so anyway, just wanna recommend those sources um, to you, and also just, you know, uh, give credit where credit, credit is due for everything. Um, so my experience uh, when it comes to healing, I grew up in a, in a church, I grew up in a, a Christian family, and I went to, uh, you know, went, went to church, and I believed that healing was something that could happen. Obviously, God was able to heal, and um, especially like when missionaries came back, they would share stories about healing um, from afar, but I never experienced it, and it certainly wasn't my daily reality. Never even heard, like, teaching into it, um, into the idea of healing. And so if I was honest, my prayers for healing would sound something like this. God, I know you can heal. I know you probably won't. So if it's your will, God, only if it's your will, if it's your will, like, I really don't go out of your way. God, actually, you know what, just, we just pray for peace in the midst of sickness. Peace in the midst of sickness, God. If it's your will, he, that was, like, in reality, my experience. And then after um, college, I joined a church in Nashville called Lifehouse, and part of a family of churches that we're involved in, and I just started noticing people would 
pray for healing. And then all of a sudden, some of my friends or people I was getting to know who like were not emotional or fantastical or, you know, they weren't prone to exact. I mean, they were like, you know, serious pe- people. <laughs> they were like healed and like, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then fast forward, I started learning about healing and seeing it more often. And, um, <coughs> and then one of my favorite stories is uh, we, we um, at the church in Nashville put on this uh, Valentine's Day banquet uh, for these women of a nonprofit. It was a recovery program for treating women coming off the streets of like sex trafficking and sex abuse and drug abuse and all of that kind of stuff. And it was one of the first years we put it on and we, we thought, you know, how could we celebrate these women in, in a, amidst a culture where they're probably not celebrated and you know, Valentine's Day would, sounds like a great time to do it. So we threw this big banquet. We got musicians. We got nice meals. We all dre- the guys got all dressed up and served those women. And it was a beautiful, really fun time. And we were just praying <laughs> that, you know, God would use that. And then um, one, you know, after that Saturday night, um, we s- developed some relationships. And a couple of the ladies, uh, one in particular, Letitia, said, I, I want to come back on Sunday morning. We're like, yes, Awesome. And uh, so she came to our service. It was probably about this size, to be honest. I mean, not a huge gathering. Um, but she was sitting there, and I could tell, like, she was tracking with the worship. And then whoever was giving the message, she was tracking. And it was, like, great. And you could see she was, like, really engaged. And it was amazing. I was like, yes, God. Yes, this is what we're here for. This is what we signed up for. And then at the end of the service, someone got up and went to the mic, much like Jackie and, and Sarah did today. And she said, I, I feel like... Someone here has some chronic stomach issues, and God wants, wants to heal them. And I, I look, and Letitia sit next to Kelsey, and I, heard, I, I see her kind of like elbows. Like, I, I, think, I think that's me. And I just go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, what was going so perfect? Why did you have to pull the healing card? Like, oh, man, like, this is exactly what we wanted. She was tracking and now this, this poor lady is going to be so disappointed, like when she goes up and doesn't get healed. She goes up and receives prayer. And uh, the next day, I think it was at McDonald's, you took her to McDonald's and like had coffee with her or something, and you were asking, like, hey, how'd that go? And, you, and she said, I don't have pain. I've had this chronic condition. I think I've been healed. Yeah, so it was amazing, and actually to this day, you can go to the next picture, this, this December, um, I went by her workplace and saw her, so that's Letitia, she's still doing well, still, uh, still um, moving along. So God can heal, and we're praying that he does it among us. Um, let me, my, th- my talk, I've already taken a lot of time, but I'll try to go through quickly. I'm going to go through kind of a big overview of healing from a biblical perspective, I think. Then, if we have time, we'll see where we're at. I might talk about four views of healing and where we fall in and why we believe it. And then at the end, I want to kind of equip us and give us kind of an overall posture of how I've found it helpful to approach prayer and to pray and actually see as we go to be able to pray for people. Does that sound good? All right. So in Scripture, if you look through Scripture, the big overview of Scripture, healing is throughout the whole Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in you know, after Jesus ascends, his, his, uh, uh, it's an acts. His, uh, we're commanded in, in, in the Paul's letters um, to pray for healing. Um, but in the Old Testament, it's kind of sporadic. It's here, it's there, you know, it's, um, you know, there's some spaces. But then you get to the New Testament. Jesus comes on the scene. 
And it's everywhere. Like, healing is there and there. It's kind of like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get, you get healed. You get healed. I mean, it's just everywhere, right? That's probably bad. I didn't plan to say that. Uh, but it's everywhere. I mean, I think uh, one commentary said they recounted 41 specific instances of healing by Jesus. About 13% of the entire Gospels are verses directly relating to healing. If you strip out his, his teaching and only look at the narrative forms, it's closer to 40% of all the narrative in the Gospels is about Jesus healing. It's unavoidable. And then when he leaves, it continues going on. As I talk, it, We see in Acts and we see in, in Paul's letters and it's, it's everywhere. And what is going on when Jesus gets on the scene? And we hit it on it this morning already. I think Point number one, healing is about the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of God breaking in. When Jesus comes, he's repeatedly saying, repent, or behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying there's a new kingdom, there's a new administration, there's a new rule and reign and agenda, and in this rule and reign and in this agenda, in this administration, things are going to operate differently here. Luke 17, Jesus says, verse 20, the kingdom of God is among you. 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says, the fulfillment of the age is among us. In Hebrews 6, the writer says in verse 5, we've tasted of the powers of the coming age. We can taste it. It's here. Yeah. N.T. Wright says the whole point of what Jesus was up to was that he was doing close up in the present what he was promising long-term in the future. And what he was promising for that future and doing in the present was not saving souls for a disembodied eternity. He's not just giving people ticket to heaven, right? But rescuing people from the corruption and decay of the way the world presently is so that they could enjoy already in the present that renewal of creation, which is God's ultimate purpose. And so they would thus become colleagues and partners in that large project. That's what healing is, right? We look in Revelation, and there's that, fa- that, that, that famous passage in Revelation 21 when John on the island of Patmos gets that vision. And what does it say when he sees the new heaven and the new earth? He says, God says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There's like the ultimate sickness, right? No more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Hallelujah, that's amazing. That's what Christ is doing. That's what healing is about. It's bringing that new age. There's a new age coming. It's invading this earth and the old age, the old way of the world. It's got to go. It's got a destinance. It's got an expiration date. The new earth, the new age is coming. The kingdom of God is coming, which is fantastic. That means, good news, healing is certain. It's going to happen. I was, I was taught when we pray... God can answer prayers in one of three ways. Maybe you were taught this way. Yes, no, when you ask for something, yes, you, no, or yes, but not yet. Wait, yes, but not yet. Guess what? For the Christian, the answer for prayer, that ask for prayer, is never no. It's never no. It's always yes or yes, but later. Healing is certain for the believer. Here and certain. So it changes the way that I pray, right? It's not like, God, would you please heal us? You're going to heal, God. So why not just do it now? Yeah. Why not pray now? Why not heal now? Bring your healing forward, God. We want to see your kingdom of heaven 
break through. Uh, point two, and I'll go quickly through these. I'm just skimming the surface here, but healing is about wholeness. Healing is about wholeness. In Isaiah 53, there's a common passage that we say around Easter. It's a prophecy about that we look at Jesus. It's, pr- it's, it's, it's anticipating the Messiah, Jesus coming, and it says, I mean, I'll just read one verse of it, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. We sing that ag- exact, actually, line. By his, stri- his stripes are healing this morning. And we, we say that, and, and I think accurately, we often apply it to, like, spiritual healing. We are healed. Our souls are healed into heaven. And I think that's accurate. That's definitely part of it. However, Matthew takes that verse and in chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, he applies it very, very literally. He's talking about Jesus. He said, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he, Jesus, drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. And he says, this was to fulfill what was spoken to the prophet Isaiah. And then he quotes that verse in 53. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. And so for Matthew, at least, he thinks like in the cross, the healing that Jesus provides wasn't just spiritual it was actually a physical component too but it was also a spiritual component it was all tied together and some of you may know or have heard there's a couple different words for healing in scripture but one of the most common is the word sozo you say sozo that's a greek word uh sozo translated healing it's i think if i've done my research right it's used 106 times in the new testament Um, but the interesting thing about the word sozo is it can be translated healing, but it can also just as easily be translated salvation. So you see, even through that, how expansive the topic of healing and the idea and the concept, the biblical concept of healing is. One um, uh, commentator, John Wilkinson, said, the Christian concept of healing and the Christian concept of salvation overlap to a degree which varies in different situations, but are never completely separable. Healing of the body is never purely physical, and healing of the soul is never purely spiritual, but both are combined in the total deliverance of the whole person. You see this in Mark uh, chapter 5, the woman who touches Jesus' robe as he's passing by, and the woman with the discharge of blood, and, and it says, Jesus turns and says, your faith has sozo, has saved you, Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You see all of this. In, in Mark f- 2, we studied this in the Just Jesus series when the, the people brought, uh, the friends brought the paralyzed man and cut the hole in the roof and laid him up to Jesus' feet. Um, Jesus, what is it? Uh, he turns to that person and says, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus gets in trouble with the Pharisees because I think that's blasphemy. And he says, which is easier to say? To say to this man, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. So there's this linkage between salvation and forgiveness of sins and healing, physical healing. And actually, if you read, if you just, I encourage you just to read the book of Matthew in one sitting, and, it's, and you see how, just how much Jesus heals and how much it's tied with this idea of sin or other issues that are being worked out in the process 
So the concept of healing is expansive. It's about emotional healing. It's about mental healing. It's about psychological healing. It's about relational healing. It's about actually physical and financial and spiritual healing. Healing of inner trauma and addictions and wounds. And many of you would know that actually treating the physical effects of trauma is sometimes actually easier than treating the emotional effects of trauma. And so sometimes, actually, as we're praying, perhaps the easier prayer is the prayer for physical hearing. And God wants to do a deep work. We don't have time to go into all of that today. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. There's a wholeness to the healing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-24. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, soul, spirit, soul, body. Like there's a whole integrated healing that Jesus wants to offer us. John Wimber, again in this book, says the New Testament also teaches that divine healing concerns more than merely physical or spiritual wholeness. It touches every aspect of the human life that can come under the power or influence of Satan. Divine healing means forgiveness of sin, restoration from sickness, breaking the hold of poverty and oppressive social structures, deliverance from demonic power and influence, and yes, even raising the dead. That's another, that's another sermon. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think this is great. Healing, a lot of times, you know, my skeptical side can come out. Someone says they got a headache and want to pray for healing. Oh, it's gone. But healing is not just about the headache, though that is critically important. It's about wholeness. There's all sorts of healing God wants to do. I think thirdly, healing is about deliverance. And we touched on this this morning as well already. In 1 John 3, verse 8, it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. And there is an undeniable link in the Gospels with healing and deliverance. In Luke 13, one example, uh, this was a lady that was brought to Jesus, and she had a disability. She was kind of crippled or hunched over. And uh, Jesus said, Should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound for 18 long years, not be released from her bondage? Notice Jesus doesn't say, Look at this faithful woman that's praising me in spite of her sickness. No, he says the enemy, Satan, for 18 long years has been harassing this woman, and that's not okay, and I'm going to fix it. Uh, it was around uh, maybe like a year ago now when we were doing the Just Jesus series, and Robbie spoke about the strong man. And he describes Satan as a strong man, her, like owning a house and harassing people. And Jesus is a stronger man that comes in and binds up that strong man. It actually says he has overcome, disarmed, and destroyed that strong man so his people that he's harassing can go free. Hallelujah. That's what's happening with healing. In Mark 9, it says when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And it says in verse 35, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. He saw that they were harassed, and it wasn't okay. Jesus never once turned away sick people that came for healing. It's crazy. 
There's all sorts of throwaway lines in Scripture as you read through it. It's like, and the whole crowd says to him, and Jesus healed all of their sicknesses. <laughs> you know, we, we have 41 of them, but it even says in Scripture that words could not contain, you know, I couldn't write down as many miracles as I've seen. Jürgen Moltmann uh, says, when Jesus expels demons and heals the sick, he is driving out of creation the powers of destruction and is healing and restoring, creating beings who are hurt and sick. The lordship of God to which the healings witness restores creation to health. Jesus' healing, I love this, Jesus' healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized, and wounded. So get this, so healing is not just about a blessing. Though blessing is entirely important. We want people, even if they don't get healed, when we pray for them to feel the love of Jesus and the blessing on them. But healing's not just about blessing. It's about driving out the works of the enemy. It's saying that kingdom is no longer welcome here. There's a new kingdom that's coming in, and Jesus wants to bring freedom. He wants to bind the strong man. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully that's a quick flyby. We're going to go through this quickly on just four views of healing. Um, so I need four volunteers to come up to the stage. Don't worry, it'll be painless. <laughs> four volunteers. Views of healing. Anyone? Do I need to call people? Tom? Ro- Amazing. Becca? Ryan? One more person? Amazing. Lisa? <laughs> All right. So yeah, we don't got a lot of room here. So there's going to be, f- these represent four different views of healing. And uh, forgive me, this will be a little bit of a straw man argument. I'm not trying to be like the nuance of everything, but I just want to give us a quickly quick framework. I don't have time to go through all the details. Um, so Lisa, you represent the never happened camp. So healing never happened. <laughs> so yeah, so you, can you make a like, little like, yeah, cynical face? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Ryan, can uh, you represent the stopped healing? It happened in the past, but it stopped now. So can maybe you like just put a, yeah, stopped, not here. Becca, um, you represent the already, uh, always happens, we're already healed <laughs> camp. So maybe do the, like, jazz hands? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, Tom, you can be the already but not yet. You can be the praying. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I was going to keep you up here for the whole sermon, but I won't do that. Uh, anyway, give our uh, audience a round of applause. So Lisa, Ryan, Becca, Tom, thank you. So four views. Thank you. The first one, never happened. Uh, so this was Lisa, frowny face, uh, never happened. These, you know, this view would believe that when we read healing in scripture, like it was never actually meant to be taken literally. It was a metaphor, it was a theme or something like that. Um, just briefly, I don't think you can read scripture. And, you know, like I think Tom's brother even said, he's an expert in mythology. If you read scriptures, and there's parts of it that are meant to be taken like, like poetry and allegory. But it's not a myth. It's not written like a myth. I mean, even in Luke and Acts, he says, I, I, I went and got eyewitness accounts. Like, it's not written that way. And I think um, even if you think about it, if you, if you believe God exists, if you believe that we're not a series of accidents, like molecules that come together to form us, or you believe like there's a universal good and bad, like what Hitler did was bad, just not because someone thinks it's bad, but it's bad. Like there's a universal and that has to be written by someone. We have to be, an exi- you know, w- there has to be a designer. And it would be kind of crazy to think 
uh, not to be too uh, insensitive, but it'd be kind of curious to think that that God couldn't break into human existence and heal if he wanted to. Like, so I think I would just say that to it never happened. But I imagine not many of us are in that camp. Maybe, maybe you are. Um, but I think the gospel and the Bible on its own terms would, would suggest that we, you know, we need to view this as it actually happened. Um, the next view, uh, I believe it was Ryan, stopped happening. Um, this is the view that it happened in Scripture, it happened, but w- really at some point in history, likely when the canon of Scripture was developed and God was fully revealed, those, all the miracles stopped, and now we, you know, we don't have that. We have the Scripture, so we don't need that. Um, and I think that kind of goes in the f- face of kind of even Tom's teaching of like, we're in desert times, we're in wilderness times, the kingdom of God hasn't fully arrived yet. But also a plain reading of scripture, you know, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for the Lord Christ to be revealed. Jesus says in John 14, verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do also the works I do and greater works than these. Like Jesus said, you're going to do greater works than I do. Um, And he says in chapter 16, verse 1, or verse 7, truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm leaving. (laughs) Like, because you're going to have the Holy Spirit. And so I don't get the sense of Jesus saying, there's a time that I'm going to give you spiritual gifts, and it's going to go away once you have Scripture. Um, And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, healing is a gift of the Spirit. James 5, James tells those who are sick to go get prayer from the elders. He says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, raise them up. So I don't see that in Scripture personally. And in fact, um, there's... Lots of heroes of the faith, founders of the, uh, like church fathers, um, that that wouldn't be their experience either. Um, I ha- I had three quotes. Um, I'll only read maybe one. Let's do Augustine because you all know Augustine. Yeah. So this was in the in the year 400, way after we had the canonized scripture. Augustine says, in, in the same city of Carthage lives Innocentia, a very devout woman of the highest rank in the state. She had cancer in one of her breasts, a disease which, as physicians say, is incurable. This lady we speak of had been advised by a skillful physician who was intimate with her family, and she betook herself to God alone in prayer. On the approach of Easter, she was instructed in a dream to wait for the first woman that came out of the baptistry after being baptized and to have her make the sign of Christ upon her sore. She did so, and she was immediately cured. This is Augustine. There's lots of quotes from church fathers I could give you of the, the experience of the miraculous, the experience of the gifts, the experience of healing was seemed pretty common. And in fact, if you want to like really dig into it, it seems like it wasn't until the Protestant Reformation that the daily experience of the believer, of the Holy Spirit working among us, seemed to pause. And so it's actually more of a modern invention and I think Tom got it goes into this a little bit more in his sermon, The Orthodoxy of Charismatic Christianity. But, but there's also, I think, a geographical hubris, too, because our brothers and sisters in the global east and the global south often talk about these experiences. And, we r- and they're actually, the majority of the Christian faith is over there, not here. And we run the risk of looking our brothers and sisters in the, looking them in the eye and saying, your experience isn't what our experience is, so you're wrong and we're right. I don't think that's a great place to be. Um, so <coughs> then we get over to, who was it, uh, Becca, always, jazz hands, always happens. And this is kind of the other end of the spectrum. 
And they actually, there's a lot of good things. They believe when they read Isaiah 53, it's, there's healing, there's physical healing in the cross. And in my experience, they, people around, you know, in this camp actually see lots of people saved or healed. Um, but, um, you know, th- they would basically say, you just have to believe it. You're already healed. You already, ha- you, you already, um, yeah, you, you just need to believe it. You need to have more faith. And I think there's some dangers here, obviously, like, I don't know, some people don't get healed, and <laughs> we look rather silly if we deny reality in the face, and we don't have a robust theology of death. Um, I think at some point in our life, one in one of us will all not be healed, <laughs> something, unless God takes us back. First Thessalonians 4 speaks to this, a good death at the right time is part of the Christian life. Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time to die. And it really puts guilt on people that are already suffering if they're not healed. You just don't have enough faith. And by the way, Lazarus, he couldn't have a lot of faith if he was dead, and he got healed, right? You know, so like the, the, the object of how we get healed, is, I mean, it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on God, right? Um, but they do see a lot of people healed, and I think it's because they just pray more than we do. They pray. They expect it. They, so, and then, and then finally, Tom, already but not yet. And this is a view that there's two kingdoms the world that is to come and the world that is. And the world that's to come is crashing in, but there's still, in God's mystery, not everyone gets healed. Um, a few years ago, early in our marriage, we got to go, uh, we were vacationing in Santa Cruz, and there was this event that was happening where the sunset and the sunrise were going to happen simultaneous. And we went out on the cliff, and sure enough, as the sun was setting, the moon was rising. Was it day or was it night? We don't know. You know, it's in the middle. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the idea. It's like there's two kingdoms. We're in this in-between, the already but not yet. The God's kingdom has come, but it's not here fully, and there's a mystery to it. So this view understands that God has the power to heal, and yet at least once in our life he, we, we don't get healed. Um, it avoids trying to explain away, um, you know, when people don't get healed. It also it avoids putting God in a box. Um, and it avoids putting guilt on people. So I think somehow we, we hold this mystery that God's kingdom is breaking in, and we believe it, and we pray for it and have faith for it, and yet we also know in his mystery, he doesn't always, in God's mystery, he doesn't always heal. And so where does that leave us? How do we pray for healing? And I want to end here in, of all places, the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three people were also in uh, exile. They were in <coughs> desert times, and they needed God to move. And if you know the story, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was, had built a statue and was uh, making everyone bow down to this statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as Jewish exiles, were refusing. They said, We've, we have one God and one God alone. And we will refuse to bow down. So it says this. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I have made, very good. 
But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And this is the important part. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Did you catch it? It's a good model here. Our God is able to deliver. Our God will deliver. Oh, are you able to say that? What confidence? He will deliver. But even if he does not, we're not going to bow down to that stupid statue. Right? And I think when we approach prayer, this is a good model for us. Our God is able to heal. When we approach healing, our God is able to heal. Our God will heal. We know, either now or in the future, for the believer, he will. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to praise him. We're still going to praise him. Our God is able. Our God will heal. Even if he doesn't, we will praise him and bless him. Band, you can come up. Um, and we're going to take some time just to respond. Maybe you know you would like some healing. Maybe it's some physical healing, something you're going through. Maybe it's some emotional or uh, relational healing that you need. And I just want to ask us to be a little bold, um, to, to be a volunteer to be prayed for for healing. There's nothing... There's nothing that has, there's no magic words to say. There's nothing that has to be, um, there's no like one, two, three, you have to go through here. The power is not in us. The power is not in us. The power is in Jesus. The power is in God to heal. Um, so in a moment, we're going to, uh, we're just going to say, if anyone wants healing, why don't, actually, I just say, why don't you make your way into the back? Um, and then a few of us will find you and we'll just come beside you and pray. And I just encourage, even if you've never prayed for anyone before, it's pretty simple. There's a real simple framework that you can follow. And it's first, you just interview the person. What do you want prayer for? What, what's going on? The second is actually as you're listening, trying to determine, God, are you saying anything? Is there anything else that's going on? Maybe it's a physical thing, but God is giving you a prophetic word about maybe something else God wants to do under the surface. Um, but just listening, sensing. You don't have to overthink it. Just is God doing anything? And then as you begin praying, we always want to start with just blessing. We always just want to invite God's blessing, his love, his peace over this person. Even if they don't get healed, at least they've been blessed and prayed for. And the, the goal should be that they walk away feeling loved, right? And so that's pretty simple. And then we just ask God to heal, right? And I like the prayer out of Jude. Um, when uh, I think in Jude 1, it says, the Lord, the Lord rebuke you um, when he's talking about Satan. Basically, calling on the name of the Lord to rebuke the sickness. Speak directly to the sickness, but calling on the name of the Lord to do it. Just to make sure, I mean, we're not doing anything, right? It's not our power, it's God. But just say, hey, God, would you heal? We know you're going to heal. Would you heal now, Jesus? And just ask him. So it can be very, very simple. Um, so 
let's do that. Why don't we spend some time? I think the band's going to be uh, playing. And then, and if you want healing for anything, if you'd just be so bold, a few of us might um, be in the and be in the back. And we'd love to just take some time and pray and see what happens. This could be fun, right? Uh, so awesome. Well, let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you, Jesus, that you do heal today. We thank you, Jesus, that you don't leave us abandoned. You don't leave us harassed, Father, that you looked upon the crowds and you saw compassion. And, and God, I just know, I, even as we say a message like this, there could be so much emotion. I've wanted healing for so long. Where God, has God been? I just pray that you'd meet us in that place. I pray that you would not uh, have us grow tired of asking, Father. I pray that you would uh, meet us here. I pray that actually that you would show up, Father. And uh, we know it's your delight to meet with your children. It's your delight to give us gifts. And just with that glimmer in your eye that Tom talked about and that kind of the normal reality that Billy highlighted, I just pray, even in this place, Father, that there would be a rise of faith, both now and as we go, Father, just to see your hand extend powerfully. Father, we just pray for healing in this place. Yeah, we pray, God, would you come down in power? Would you reign? We invite your Holy Spirit to move here. And God, we just pray, would you make us a healing people? Would you make us a place? where your power is put on display, your glory is put on display. Yeah, Jesus, we love you. We know you're able to heal. We know you will heal. And no matter what, we're still going to praise you, God. We love you. Amen.